0: How are you this is Jay funds one and we are live again tonight we are talking about the election the election results in Ohio 12 and what they mean for November so you have Troy Balderson who's a Republican who who is currently first of all the results are one hundred percent in and you have Troy Balderson uh, who is leading at Fifty point two percent to uh, Danny O'Connor, who's le- who is trailing at forty nine point three. The results are within, or probably will be within, the five percent, point five percent automatic recall. They're in that as of right now. Automatic recall. However, with one hundred one thousand votes cast, one hundred one thousand five hundred seventy four votes cast for Troy and 99,820 votes cast for Danny O'Connor, we have 2,700 provisional ballots still out there. So what does that mean? That means probably, even with the provisional ballots, they're saying, experts are saying, that the, provis- the provisional ballots would prob- probably break for the Democrat, but not enough to make up the 1,700 vote difference, it will probably cut into the lead by about 500 votes, but you can't, this is important, you cannot count the ballots or the provisional ballots until 10 days, so the race isn't officially called until the provisional ballots are counted. In addition, this race is within .5 Of the final results so it automatically triggers a recount all of that being said it looks like the results will come down to Troy Balderson winning but there's another caveat to all of this that on November they have to do it all over again so what does that mean for the the Ohio 12 district Because this was basically the only election in the country where it wasn't a primary. There were other primaries that happened tonight. This was actually sending someone to Congress. What it means is you had all the resources, all the – Resources money-wise, millions went into ads. I believe upwards, I don't even want to name how many millions of dollars, but the Republican National Committee committed a lot of resources to maintain this seat. Now, let's go into the context of what this seat actually means. This seat has been held by a Republican since 1938 with the exception of one two-year stint. So since 1938 and that was almost 40 years ago, since 1938 a Republican has held this seat and so this is a microcosm or example of how competitive the nation is changing. So why is this seat so ruby red? Because the majority of the counties were uh, rural districts, with only a slice—the northern half of this, the city of Columbus—included. Now, why was the northern half included in there? That's part of the redistricting, or the kind of dividing up the uh, the city vote, or, or dividing up the urban vote, to put it with a majority rural vote. To try to They call it gerrymandering to try to get your districts to vote primarily where you wanted to vote. And it's been successful so far because, as I said, this this district has been Republican, overwhelmingly Republican since 1938. Uh, This district was won by Trump by over I mean the last person won this district over sixteen points. This district is normally not even contested or very, or, or or won by Republican by a margin of sixty six to seventy percent percent to like 30 to 35 so for this district to be so tight that has ramifications and why why you why you say we have those ramifications because they are about 60 approximately 60 seats less competitive than this one here this one is a ruby red staunchly voted for Republican District because not only does it have rural America involved with it, but it also has the country club as they said on TV, the, the guy that drives for Volvo, who works at the country club, or you know, goes to a country club and they, they, they prefer the tax breaks and the other wealthy advantages that typically come with the Republican Party so you combine the extreme wealthy or just very wealthy with the rural farmers and you add uh, just it's a small part of the urban vote, and you have the perfect mixture for a Republican-held district. So for this to be this competitive, it looks like it's going, even though the I would have to say, it looks like the Republican will win it by maybe four or 500 votes, it looks like I, I, I like the way it's going to happen in the fall if it happens this way. If if they if this guy, Troy Balderson, doesn't have the resources and the president coming to his district and all of the bells and whistles that the Republican Party really laid out for him to win, then it's highly unlikely that he'll be able to match this amount of energy and effectiveness for the polls. So I like this seat for the Democratic, and I also like the, the way that the vote turned out, that it gives me hope that across the country that even though we have a lot of districts that are that are district to, to to bring in more more republican votes and why do you say that i say that because last year the overall vote total for the republican house and democratic house was like a million less votes but because they're district or or section off in a certain way that they sent more Republicans to the House, which they control. The House and controlling a House is extremely important because whoever controls the House controls the investi- investigative investigative uh, committees. They can control the agenda, and they can control what they hold accountable, what they don't hold accountable. So a lot of a lot of these things that are or or have been frustrating for a lot of people with if there's another party that controls the house, they're able to answer and address some of those issues through the committees versus not address them at all. So even though it looks like uh, the race is the official, the official thing from MSNBC or the official thing is, uh, let's see, the race is too close to call. And I'm gonna put this picture up here for that. So the official, The official word from, all, from from at least the MSNBC network, and the official word from Ohio, from the state of Ohio is is closely watched, and the election is too close to call, and that's because it's within the .5 automatic trigger recount, and you have twenty seven hundred ballots with a seventeen hundred approximately number of difference of lead for Troy Balderson. So it's too close to call. You won't have any anything for at least 10 days. That's, mo- that's another important matter. And on top of that, um, they have to do this again in November. So you really have really no time, basically th- 90 days to campaign again. And you have to get out the vote and motivate and fundraise and so forth to do this all over again. So these guys, both of them fought a great battle. The, r- the race was really tight, but this is good news for the Democrats, for the blue wave that's coming, because in a district that is typically extremely red, they call it ruby red, We, um, the Democrats were able to come out pretty close. So the it also did look like, though. Another thing I like to say is that it also looked like that when Trump came out to uh, to campaign that he did turn out his he it, it did he did turn out his base in the rural districts, and he did turn out support uh, from the from the Republican Party. So uh, Donald Trump coming out to campaign for Troy Balderson was extremely effective, and turning out his base. So we're gonna look to see how that plays out over the next three or four months. Um, he was also effective in turning out the Democratic base because the, he, uh, uh, the the opposition was extremely motivated to come out and vote against them, against him, especially when he came to visit there. So it was kind of like an uh, in-your-face, we have to, you know, this guy is here and we want to voice our opinion um, that, that we want different leadership or we want a different way of doing business here in America. So it's still debatable if... Trump coming out really helped his opponent to the point where it, it, it over, it, it helped his opponent more than it hurt him or was it just a wash either way where he, t- we, where, where Trump basically turned out to vote for both parties and he helped both parties equally by motivating both parties. So we will find out and, and this battle will be visited again in November. Count on that. So the special election once again is too close to call. Fifty two to forty nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, fifty two to forty nine. Uh, seventeen hundred vote difference and with a with provisional ballot provisional ballots of twenty seven hundred that have to be counted and it's an automatic recall if if it's within point 0.5, which is which is what it is today at 1,700, with over 200,000 or almost 200,000 votes cast, so the high election is finished tonight, and they have a rule saying they can't uh, count the provisional ballots for 10 days, so that's where we are. So, what else should we talk about uh, other than the election? Um, one more, One of the most important things I really want to stress though is that you have sixty districts or sixty seats that are less competitive than this one, and you're not going to be able to have the resources that the Republicans put out for all sixty of those. Uh, Because, I mean, they they really spent heavily. I want to quote a number. I don't know if it's true or not. But I think that a super PAC spent over $40 $40 million on on campaign ads on the air to try to boost this person up. You're not going to be able to do that in in all 60 of those seats that are competitive. So you're looking at a serious, ominous blue wave coming because the areas – and if you're wondering wondering where it's coming, the – it's the suburbs of every. It's the suburbs of every uh, urbanized area. So Donald Trump won the suburbs last election in the crucial states, but those same suburbs in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, especially those cities surrounding Philadelphia, those cities surrounding uh, Chicago, those cities surrounding Green Bay all those all those suburbs surrounding those areas that's that's where the real battleground is here in Virginia where Virginia has turned blue because the suburbs surrounding Washington have basically said we you know th- that's where the crucial vote is and that's why Virginia did phenomenal numbers not only turning blue for the presidential elections but for the uh for the off-season elections as well with the state senators and the other representatives so The battle for the soul of this country is happening right now in the suburbs, and the suburbs is going to decide who wins the elections come November. And the suburbs this time still went for Trump, but at a much lower rate. For example, uh, I think Franklin County was carried by O'Connor. But it was the county right above that, and I'm forgetting the name of it. That county normally goes for Republican by over 20, 30 points. This county went for him, uh, went for Ballaston by only three or four points. So the the difference in the primary red strongholds is decreasing, and that is going, and that's the beginning of a cultural or political change or see change when you have your your extremely red or extremely blue, blue districts beginning to change colors from the outside coming in. So this is Funds one Have a great Tuesday on, on, on the podcast right now. is 12, 11 a.m. So it was, I'm sorry. So it was, no, it's already Wednesday. Have a great Wednesday and I will see you tomorrow night with the story of the day. I am out.